This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Not even gonna count in, Will. Uh, well, what up, high fivers? Uh, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and in classic style, Will and I have been chatting uh, in pre-production here for well over an hour. So, if you ever want any of that content, uh, sign up to our Patreon uh, coming soon. Uh, just kidding, there is no Patreon. You'll never have to pay for this show. But, uh, but yeah, this is your boy, High Five Tom, and uh, as always, I've got my very, very good friend here, the Oakland nominated. Uh, podcast co-host, uh, my good friend, Mr. William, never did a powerbomb Mercier on the other side of the country. Will, how the fuck are you tonight, my friend? No, all right, Tom. And I just want to say uh, we don't have a Patreon, but if anybody ever wants to send me money, always, DMs are always on if you want to send me some money. These books don't buy themselves. No, 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 that's true. So, um, And I'm, I'm hoping to have you and Brendan stickers out this week will along with a little care package and then i will get uh other uh round two out sorry it's been a a weird time uh sorry about that but uh yeah unfortunately we didn't get any questions on our tweet uh for questions of dishonor will no 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 questions on the pin tweet however no question from rob my my i'm not gonna lie my my night feels a little feels a little empty without question of dishonor i i know um you know, we are recording a day early, um, you know, but we are my fault, my, my no. fault. Y'all, I gotta, gotta be to work for, uh, probably like three forty-five, not like three thirty on Thursday morning. So yeah, that, that sounds horrible. I will not be anywhere near awake at that point. Um, don't worry, Will. I've got a couple. I got to make a couple switch rounds in the coming weeks, anyway. So it's totally not just you. But we can make an exception because we did get a question, even though it wasn't on the pin tweet. Uh, let me pull this up here real quick. No, um, we did. And this is probably uh, in relation to uh, the Shining Wizards recent interview with Todd Gordon. Uh, Todd Gordon is the original owner of what was Eastern Championship Wrestling, uh, better known uh, later on as Extreme Championship Wrestling. As always, make sure you check out the Shining Wizards. That was a great interview. I will be going actually into the bookstore tomorrow to order said book. Um, but yeah, that that book looks awesome. But we did get a, a question kind of along that lines um, from our good friend, former guest, um, Mr. Eric Freeds, who is uh, now putting out content like it's going on a style. So make sure you check his feed and everything. Uh, but Will, we got two questions uh, from Eric. I'll do both of them right away. Uh, favorite book by a wrestler uh, can also be a comic book. 
And uh, then the second question, who from 2013 Ring of Honor do you think would write the most compelling novel? Um, and I, uh, Will had guessed uh, my pick was going to be the Hardy Boys, or the Hardy Boys book. I just spoiled yours. Wow. 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 Well, I mean, I mean, they're pretty interchangeable. So, I don't say interchangeable, but. So, yeah, so Tom and I were, part of the, we were talking about this from pre-production, because part of the reason we got on the tangent of I had an idea of what Tom's book was going to be. And Tom asks me frequently, not not quite uh, death to smoochy uh, levels, but asking me if I've read the Young Bucks book because Tom really likes to puts it over a lot, um, and I haven't. So my initial answer was the Hardy Boys book uh, that came out in Christ however long ago. I I mean I even remember I went to the bookstore and said I wrote, I want the Hardy Boys book and they were like the the mystery I'm like no the wrestler is <laughs> like oh I got you that's over here the boys with a Z um, and I read that because I mean that was what I was hearing about the the T, those TLC tag teams is kind of what got me more interested in pro wrestling so Hardy Boys book had to get it. But if we're saying, like, that's the only one I've read, like, all the way through. But, I mean, if we're saying it's my favorite, I mean, I I feel like I couldn't argue that Have a Nice Day isn't a better book. This one? Woo! <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah. Mass market paperback copy. That's exactly what I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, uh, bar none. Um, have a nice day. Mick Foley's his book. I, I have not. I've read a lot of biography. I shouldn't say a lot. I've read a solid chunk of biographies about wrestlers. The Andre the Giant book is really good. Uh, that Calgary. Uh, that Calgary, Calgary wrestling book that uh, Mr. Matt Bowman had recommended was also very good. Um, but by written by actual wrestlers, I do have Tito Santana's book uh, in the queue. Uh, that's coming up next. I got a couple I'm going to be ordering. Uh, but like, like I said in pre-production, Have a Nice Day by Mick Foley might be the top five greatest biographies overall ever. Or autobiographies. Um, it is so well written. Um, it's intriguing. It's uh, it's real. And the thing that really got me is he was writing this in the summer and or in the spring and summer of 1999. Uh, and if you will remember, that's when Owen Hart passed away. So he literally stops writing this book to say, hey, Owen, you know, this just literally just happened. Um, you know, so he's writing it in real time. And that just really gave the book a real sincere um, authenticity. But dude, yeah, this book is fucking phenomenal. I, I mean, I would recommend it to even non wrestling fans by far, bar, bar none. Um, right, and I think that's the big difference too. Like the Hardy Boys book is very much like it's just kind of put as them just kind of like talking through their career. Like it's not really something I would say like would warrant like a second reading or something that I would like suggest that maybe non-wrestling fans right read 
you know, as opposed to something like the Nitro book. I mean, the Nitro book is dense, but, you know, that'd be something that's like, hey, even if you're not into wrestling, like, you know, you're into TV, you're into, like, business, whatever, like, here's a book to read. But have a nice day. I mean, Mick Foley, his charisma carries through. Yeah. Mm. Like, you read it and you feel like it's Mick Foley sitting across from you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. Um Oh, and uh, and listen, in listen, yeah, in the Young Bucks book is it, definitely. I don't know if I would recommend it for non wrestling fans, but maybe it's a very good. I mean, it gives you a great appreciation because I mean, you look at these kids and they just seem like spoiled Southern California, you know, brats, you know, coming for money, but they're they're not. They're they're salt of the fucking earth. I mean, these guys are fucking self made millionaires, um, for sure. Another book, which was in a weird way, it was tough. Uh, I don't know how to explain it because the beginning of the book was really good, but then it started to get most more ghost written. Uh, was Pat Patterson's book? Like when it was talking about like his earlier career, it definitely felt like it was Pat Patterson talking. But later on, it felt like the ghostwriter had taken over, uh, which is usually the other way around. Um, yeah, that book was was super solid, but I'm really looking forward to this Tito Santana book. It's supposed to be excellent. Um, I know I've got a couple. I will get that Todd Gordon book up for. Uh, yeah, but by yes, Todd is a. It's called Todd is God, right? Yeah. Todd is God. It's available now. It, it was available on Tuesday, so maybe a lot of our listeners, you know, we we're in that demographic. Maybe they already have it. Yeah. Maybe it's already in their queue. So yeah, I will be. Uh, yeah, I have to go to the uh, the bookstore by my dad's. I uh, picked up my newest Daniel Silva book, uh, so I'm just gonna go ahead and order that right away while I'm there. So um, I yeah. only know the I only know the WWE CW. So I feel like I should definitely get this book. We should do some old ECW watchalongs. If I can only find original footage, well, I know where I can get original footage, but. I gotta talk about that right now. Um, yeah, you're, you're saying you want the ones that has like the that doesn't have like the dubbed over music and yeah stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So I mean, you gotta see. No I mean, it would fit, you know, we're not an EC, we're not an ECW podcast, but we do cover a podcast that is frequently plagued by audio issues, and that is what little bit of older ECW I have seen. That is it to a T. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I might be doing a watch along. Cool stuff in the ring, but you can only hear Joey Styles. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, then I'll. Uh, yeah, I got a, another watch along I might do. Um, that's totally not Ring Honor related, but I don't know. Maybe I'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we've got like three or four different podcasts. We can do whatever the fuck we want. This is our podcast. This is how we do it. So. And so moving on to Eric's second question: Who in the 2013 roster? do you think could write the most compelling book? I feel like we're probably going to have the same answer, but I'll let you go first. Uh, is your person, the person that lasted the longest in what we watched, uh, for ring of honor TV this week. That was one of the names I figured you would kick around. I figured you would bring up Jimmy Jacobs or Steve. Carino. It's, it's, it'd be hard not to. I mean, Jimmy Jacobs is, I, I have to imagine he's got a compelling story, but he just seems like a fucking genius. Um, Carino would be great too. Um, I, I'd read a Kevin book too. 
Yeah. Hundred percent. That that was that was a different. My my pick was going to be Karina. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, we are fans of you know we may not be fans of what's going on currently with Steve Carino. Um, hopefully that changes here. You know, as as we go on through the episode and everything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Steve. I mean, I'm surprised he's not written a book at this point. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, and honestly, you know, it'd be really, you know, I would say, you know, a Briscoe's autobiography would be cool uh, in a similar vein of the Young Bucks. But obviously uh, that can't happen now. But shit, Mark Briscoe. I mean, I, I think very similarly. The, to, the Mark the Mark Briscoe audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. But I think Mark Briscoe writing a book would be very similar to um, Mick Foley. You know, doing have a nice day. I think it'd be that same thing. I think Mark, he's that charismatic and he's that intelligent, you know, and that well-spoken, even though he doesn't play that well on TV. Um, I think Mark Briscoe, a book by him would be fucking great. Um, I mean, there's a lot. Of even if you have it set up like uh, Mick Foley talks about in the intro, right, about having like the go, like having like the extra writer or like editor kind of like toning. Not necessarily toning stuff down, but like kind of like helping like keep stuff more concise or whatever. Mark Briscoe's could almost like even if it was like 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 a, the comic book thing, right? Where it's like you have a passage by Mark. There's like the editor's note, like, "Hey, this is what he's talking about." <laughs> All right, back to Mark. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, there there's really a plethora of options. I mean, I know Nigel's got that book out there that he, you know, they they're talking about. But I mean, shit, fucking Kevin Kelly. God damn. I mean, that motherfucker's got to have fucking stories for days. Um, Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's really a plethora of people. And honestly, you know, B.J. Whitmer, I bet you's got, I mean, well, shit, Mike Bennett. Well, I mean, Mike Bennett in 2023, I think, would be a very, I mean, it'd be, a, it'd probably be like Nikita Koloff's, you know, Wrestling With Success book. Um. Yes, this this is this is a shoot. Um, by the way, um, I don't know if you can see that. Will. Yes, Nikita yes. Koloff has a fucking self help book. Um. Oh, actually, I take that back. The Pure Dynamite book by a uh, fucking Dynamite Kid was really good too. By the way, I forgot about that. Uh, um. But yeah, there's man, there there there's a plethora. I mean, Jimmy Jacobs is. is on the tops of my list, but yeah, I mean, Steen, Carino, Mark Briscoe, Whitmer, Kevin Kelly. I don't know. There's a, there's a market for it, so. I don't know how the fuck Mark Briscoe doesn't have his own podcast at this point. I don't know what the fuck Tony Khan's doing. Well, I know what Tony uh, Khan's doing. Give, give, uh, give Conrad some time, I'm sure. And so... But, Eric, uh, thank you for the questions, uh, and make sure uh, after you listen to this, Eric, that you respond to your tweet with your answers. Uh, we do want to hear what, what you would uh, what you think. But uh, we do have a uh, question of dishonor from Brundon. Will, here, and let me pull this up. And uh, via, this is via text message. You're getting really good at that, Will, because I never cue you in on it. Um. But questions. I, I have it at the ready. Uh, someday we'll have a soundboard. Someday we'll. 
Uh, but it says, who's your that's, favorite? That's a, little, that's a little big. That's a little big budget for this. This is we're we're pretty indie. Yeah, you know. So I do a lot of overtime. So, um, but question is, who is your favorite women's wrestler, both in Ring of Honor, all time, and all of wrestling? Uh, and his is Ring of Honor would be Lacey uh, for the amazing Jimmy Jacobs story over the years, and also Maria Manic uh, because she would have kicked Bully's ass. Um, all time, probably Jordan Grace and Ivory. Uh, huge fans of both of them from the beginning. <sighs> all right. Um, Will, do you have any? So, all right. So, we're reading this as, as the three. Are we reading this as how many answers are we supposed to have? Is it supposed to be three? Um, so, is it in Ring of Honor? Yeah, all time Ring of Honor. All time and a Ring of Honor. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like Ring of Honor now. It can be like any stretch of Ring of Honor. Right, because obviously your options right now in Ring of Honor are pretty fucking limited. Our options right now would be Veda Scott, Mischief. Athena. Yeah, I mean, Athena's made enough repeat appearances, right? Sarah Del Rey was there for a hot minute. So if we're going to go the Ring of Honor route... I think, I think, I think, I think, you know. It kind of speaks to the Ring of, Ring of Honor's, even, I don't remember the women seeing me in particularly weak towards the the end of that, I don't want to say the initial run, but like the end of the, the Sinclair run of it. And that women's tournament was really good. Uh, I was glad to see Trisha Dora got some shine. Um, obviously, that's where Willow got her her big initial push. Um, but well, all time, Quinn, when when Quinn McKay finally got in the ring too for Ring of Honor, that, that felt like such a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it never it never really manifested. Like I mean, each one of these, you say they could have capitalized on it, but then it's like, where would she have wound up? She sort of wound up probably just. In the evil, maybe. As uh, I mean, and you brought up Willow. I mean, Willow should have won at by the final final battle. The final final battle. The crowd thought so. Obviously, I mean, you were there. Yeah, it came yeah. across on camera. I'm like this. This match looks sloppy, and it looks like Roxy doesn't know what to do, and the crowd was not happy. So, I mean, I guess, you know, I was Willow's kind of up there, so I guess I'll go with Willow. Willow's my favorite Ring of Honor women's wrestler. She, that, again, probably should have won the belt. Yeah. Um, at, at this past pay-per-view. Because like, I'm still going to enjoy following what she's doing, but it's like, how how many times can you have her lose? Like, are you going to have... Are we just going to run into the same women's issues that we have in 2013 Ring of Honor, where it's like, oh, there's only like three women wrestling for it, so you know we'll just milk this rain for as long as we can. Then when we decide to pull the trigger on it, we pull the trigger on it. Um, yeah, I mean, well, and and like the question, and you did listen to this week's Wizards, right? I know it was only yesterday, but did you listen to the whole yes. thing? You know, and Matt yes. asked, you know, is Willow getting that treatment? Like I said, at, at one point, is, is the bloom off the rose? 
Yeah, at what point can she not absorb these losses anymore? Um, it's get pretty fucking close. I mean, she was supposed to job out to, to Sasha, you know, or Mercedes Monet, um, supposedly. I don't know. Um, but obviously, she showed in that I don't know if you watched that match with Julia, but goddamn, that was a fuck. I mean, Julia's a fucking superstar. That's the bottom line. I hope she doesn't go to AEW, to be honest with you. I hope she stays in stardom. Um, I mean, Tony Khan is... I- I've never watched a Julia match, but for the question of all time, it's hard not to just throw her name out there. It's like, I've never even seen a match, but she are, she feels like such a big deal. She's a fucking superstar. Um, so I just want to show JCB and Brett from the Phoenix Flash uh, for hipping me to Julia. Uh, yeah, she is, you know, she's half, she's a half Italian, half Japanese. Um, she can fucking go. I, I mean, she can do it all. I mean, it, it's, it's the bottom line. Um, Favorite Ring of Honor female of all time. Maybe this might be nostalgia talking, and I know I get shit from this on the Wizards and whatnot. But for some odd reason, I really, really liked Kelly Klein. You know, she was the first real dominant champion when I started watching Ring of Honor. You know, she was the first. Yeah. yeah, she was the she was the gatekeeper, and that was a shoot. Yeah, you know. So, and unfortunately, she had a very unceremonious, you know, exit from Ring of Honor. Yes. Um, and we haven't seen her since, so hopefully she's okay. Um, I think she just left the wrestling business and just said, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not, it's not worth it. Um, so hopefully she, she finds some peace and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I mean, Kelly Klein, I was a big fan. I, I really grew to like her. She, you know, I hated her at first, but I mean, and then she, you know, she left. But uh, but the other person, and we haven't really seen said person in the ring, um, but she's a fucking legend, and she's single-handedly transformed the women's division in NXT and WWE. Uh, but you mentioned earlier, Sarah Del Rey. She is a fucking wrestler. I mean, yeah, she is. She's a game changer. You know, that was one of the smartest things that Triple H ever did was, you know, was bring her in. I mean, there's, um, there's been no lack of talent around the Ring of Honor women's division, right? I mean, not everybody's a home run, but I mean, even if you compare, like, the crop of people we've had more recently, you know, we had Serena Deeb fighting for that title. We had Mercedes, Mar- or, Martinez. Yeah, Mercedes Martinez. You know, it's like we have Athena, so it's like the the talent there. The talent's there. Um, but again, yeah. not not everybody's a winner, you know. Man, Mandy Leone, you know, apparently on MLW mm. was not a mm. <laughs> wasn't a big fan. But how about a how how about an all time Tom? Um. And uh, we've—I know we've been talking about this for 18 months. We will book a 2013, maybe 2014 uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion tournament one of these days. Whenever I just get the 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 wherewithal to, to book the tournament. Uh, but all time, I've got a three-tiered answer, and um, I know the first person is not was not a wrestler. Um, but it was the first female I remember in wrestling, and uh, to this day, uh, it's it's fuck Lex Luger because of this. But uh, Miss Elizabeth, I know she's not a wrestler, uh, but she. As just, soon as you said not a wrestler, I was like, it's probably Miss Elizabeth. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a bit older. Oh, yeah. But she, yes, don't get me wrong. She was fucking gorgeous, obviously. She's, she's wicked smart, but she just had a presence. She was just very regal. She just exuded fucking superstar. I mean, she didn't have to do much. It just was her aura in general. Um, and obviously, you know, and being, you know, an eight, nine-year-old kid enamored was just like, wow, who's, who's this lady? Um, but as wrestlers and as a kid, you know, growing up, you know, in your teens and, you know, early 20s, you know, it was the big debate. You were either a Trish guy or you're a Lita guy. And I sure as fuck was a Lita guy. Um, she's a punk rock girl. You know, totally, I mean, totally right up my alley. Love her story, the whole kit and caboodle. Um, I really liked her style. Yes, Trish was very important to the women's division. But personally, even to this day, I still think she's a little fucking bland. Um, yeah, but definitely Lita. Um you know, and then for a while, up until the past two, three years, uh, when I got back into wrestling, there's two names. They couldn't be more fucking different. Uh, but the first was uh, was Charlotte. Well, actually, I was a big page guy. Uh, but Charlotte Flair was somebody that obviously I knew who Ric Flair was. But I mean, when I when I got back into WWE, I was like, wow, who's this Charlotte? I mean, she's fucking good. Um, you know, and she was doing things that, you know, she, you know, was was amazing. Now she's. I don't know, you know, my opinion on that has changed, but, uh, you know, and, and Faith and I had always talked about if we ever did have kids, you know, we would name our daughter Charlotte, if that means anything. Um, but all-time favorite female wrestler, I know I've been rambling on here for like 20 minutes, is still to this day is someone who's not getting pushed in WWE like they should be, but someone that really broke the mold in uh, independent women's wrestling, and that's Candice LeRae. Um, you know, just, just listening to our, you know, I mean, just hearing about her from my buddy Travis over at the wrestle special on the knife edge shop and then, and digging into her history. I mean, Candace could fucking go. If you haven't seen it, make sure you go check out that PWG show. Uh, the young bucks versus the world's cutest tag team, Candace LeRae and Joey Ryan. Um, and if you're not a Candace LeRae fan after that match, I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, by far, uh, all time it's Candace LeRae. So, Sorry, Will. I went on a huge fucking tangent there, but uh, what do you got? No, I mean you—you you touched all the bases, right? I mean that's any all-time thing. I mean, especially with kind of recent history, there's been so many exceptional talents, right? I mean, you look yeah. at the work of what Bailey and Becky and Sasha, Mercedes Monet, and. Charlotte, like all did, like the stuff that they did, like it's you can't deny like how important that shit was. Yeah. And then all the people kind of like that were around that. I mean, like you know, you know, we put over Paige, you know, Paige came up when she was like 18, 19, whatever. Like she had just won the NXT belt. And they have her beat AJ Lee. It's like, wow, like that's something crazy. In her debut. I mean, oh yeah. I, mean, I will keep my answer brief, kind of a kind of a mark for this person. But my my favorite uh, lady wrestler on on the the ropes right now is Allie Catch. Hmm. You didn't get your Allie Catch. I mean, like, did did you, did you meet her yet or no? No. But I mean, and there's so many too. Like I, 
I like Ali Cash a lot. I mean, Little Mean Kathleen is a riot. I mean, the <laughs> her like YouTube videos, like the 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 shit she does is like she's so fucking funny. And then like you know we talked about in ring wise, I mean like Julia is like I've only seen clips on Twitter, and it's like how can you like this person should be a household name. She is a fucking star. That's the bottom line. Money. Yeah. Money. Uh, um, and I would actually be remiss uh, in not mentioning this is kind of embarrassing. Um, I know that she, she's semi, well, she is local now, uh, but she's a former OVW women's champion. Uh, she is facing Masha Slamovich uh, August 31st for the AAW women's championship, which is a big fucking deal. Uh, but somebody I've been, I want to say from the beginning, but pretty fucking close. Uh, my girl, Evil Sierra, out of here, out of, out of Milwaukee here. You know, she was, I mean, her and Stacey Shadows uh, were the, the dark match of my first Ring of Honor show. And she was 17 at the time, I think. You know, but now she, I mean, she's been all over the fucking place. You know, she's been on NWA. Um, you know, she's a former NW, or OVW, but uh, hopefully as soon. I mean, she's facing Masha Slamovich. Um, yeah, Sierra. I mean, Sierra's really changed the game in Midwest women's wrestling for sure. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of girls coming up now. Um, and a lot of them owe it to, to Sierra. I mean, Sky Blue. I mean, Sky Blue is a Chicago girl and her and Sierra, I mean, Sierra trained her no matter what she says. So, oh, listen, Sky Blue's on everybody's radar now. Don't, don't worry about that. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, but I mean, Sky Blue is Sky Blue in in a large part. (laughs) Because of what Sierra did for her, so um, you know Billy Starks, you know yeah. If you know, I mean, you you, it feels so shady to say something like this, but it's like, hope she doesn't get hurt, right? Because she's so young, yeah, and she's so into it. Like if she can devote that much time to it, you know, and just progressively get better and get better and get better, it's like she could be on those big stages. Former guest of the Shining Wizards podcast, Pizza Cat, you know, yeah. So and, uh, yeah. I'll throw out a Thunder Rosa. I was big into Thunder Rosa for a long time, and then you know now she's on the Spanish announce team. Yeah, so and she's putting out albums, and she, you know, there and Jazzy, yeah. you know, all the stuff Jazzy's doing for. Did for women's wrestling is doing her own wrestling over in Germany now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a good time. Um, how the fuck Tony Tony Khan cannot book a fucking women's division? I don't fucking get it. Um, it's just it's utterly it's an embarrassment of riches. Um, it really is. So, well, that's the thing, right? It's like we there, there was a, a meme floating around not too long ago where it's about how like. W, you run WCW, but say you don't have the talent to compete with WWE, and it's like all like the biggest stars from the E were in WCW no. around the same time. Like Triple H rolled through, Austin rolled through, like Mean Mark Callis, you know, way back was was doing yeah. stuff for WWE. So it's like they had their fingerprints on it. Like it was there, they just you know. They went for the pass, and they just like, you know, nothing but net. They just had, you know, yeah. 
Yeah, hundred percent. So, so well, awesome, uh, Brendan. Obviously, thank you for uh, yet another great question, Eric. Uh, thank you for your questions, also. Um, yeah, but yeah, high fivers. Make sure you send those uh, those uh, questions of dishonor or dishonor uh, to the pin twit tweet over at our our Ring of Honor Reverie. But uh, Will, we've got some TV to go over. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, 
We've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. Trickster good? Was Trickster that good? Yeah. They're still touring, so. And uh, speaking of glam rock, you can check out uh, my review of uh, Roxy Blues Want Some uh, from 1992 with my buddy Ed uh, here on Visionaries Global Media. Oh, yeah. And shout out to Chad. Uh, Chad uh, and Allison had their baby boy today, uh, Atticus. And I'm assuming that's a shout out to, uh, to Kill a Mockingbird. And if it is, kudos. Have you ever you don't think it's Atticus Coger? I mean, I, I, it could be, but I would be shocked. Yes, yes, I've fun. read. Yes, I've read to kill a mockingbird. Tom, I went through. I went through public, public school. <laughs> Dude, I didn't read that till like eight years ago. Yeah, that no book, shit. Yeah, that book was nowhere near our school. Um, I don't know why, but I mean, yeah. So I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I guess is why. <laughs> you know. The the English, I mean, the administration and town itself, but the like the creative arts and like the English departments were pretty pretty more open minded in my school, um, surrounded by a not so open mindedness. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, like I remember my uh, Mr. Acker, my creative writing teacher, uh, he let me swear my poems. He's like, as long as it's not swearing for the sake of swearing and, and it works. So I was like, oh, that's cool, tasteful, yeah. And tasteful, but I mean, um, but yeah, sometimes it works. But back to back to wrestling here. But uh, like Will said, uh, you know, you get three guesses in the first two count. Uh, but with the double stomp, the heart, you know, the the American Wolves do win. Uh, two double stomps. They 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 killed that kid. <laughs> yeah, he he did. Um, but yeah, and then maybe that's why the Party Boys no sold the coat of honor at the end. Kevin Kelly kind of lost his shit. That was pretty funny. So, um, But then we go to uh, the Will's second favorite time of the week, uh, 855 Cash Now. I need to call them back. Sorry. Uh, and then we uh, the Raised in Sandy Fork uh, DVD. Uh, maybe I'll do a, a review of that DVD one of these days just for shits and grins because I haven't actually watched it yet. Remember, everyone, you, you used to be able to go to ROHwrestling.com to get uh, merchandise and DVDs. Wait, Will, you could go to Honor Club and RingOfHonorWrestling.com and buy DVDs? Tom, wow. there, there could be a portion of this audience young enough to that they don't know what a DVD is. That's true. Um, but I heard you could buy tickets, too. And, uh, I'm not even going to get started on not my Ring of Honor. Um, well, you can also suggest your your town for, for them to come do shows. We haven't seen that in a while. I forgot about that. They they probably stopped doing that because probably like we're not going there. Yeah, it's like stop yeah. telling them we'll come to their town to raise money for your athletic department. So, um, you know, and it's uh, not like uh, 
not like Pitbull, who when everybody voted to send him to Alaska as a joke, he's like, y'all think it's a joke? He's like, I'm going to have a blast in Alaska. See ya. <laughs> yeah, why the fuck wouldn't you? Alaska's fucking beautiful. Pitbull played it's on Alaska. My, it's on my to-go. Well, yeah, because yeah. they all thought it'd be a riot, right? Like, send him to wherever. It's like, oh, let's all vote for this, like the one Walmart in Alaska. And he's like, I'll go. Nice. Kudos to fucking Pitbull. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'd lo- yeah, Alaska, Alaska's, I have, well, I still have to get Hawaii and Alaska in my last two states I got to get to. But yeah, Alaska's very high on my list, so we should, uh. You got to go there. Maybe, uh, maybe you go with the Creative Pro crew. That'd be fun. So, let's make that happen, Will. Let's, the four of us go to Alaska. So. Let's, uh, let's manifest that. Okay. Um. But and we talked a little bit earlier. We're like, oh, we thought Steel Cage Warfare would, would be the whole show. I'm like, yeah, well, we got a match. Um, you know, and they're done. There's about, you know, eight minutes into the show. So I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to have a, a decent, you know, size match. No, Will, we get 15 minutes of promos, literally. Still, I mean, I'm not going to jump ahead. but it, still- it, Yeah, it, it felt like they gave us everything that we had just seen on TV. Over. For the last however many and months. Over. Like, from from the get-go, like from the, the debut of Scum. Scum. Yeah. They they went all the way back there and we had you sat through everything. Yeah. Um really kind of irked by that. Like I said, we would have would have been nice to see this the match get, you know, breathe a little bit, but we'll get into that. But uh yeah, like Will said, just but is that is that for, you know, we say if this is your first episode, do they do this because they're hoping to catch the new viewer. Yeah. And they don't assume that people are just up on what's happening in the product otherwise. Which is, I mean, honestly, you put it like that, it's probably a good idea. I mean, you're probably right, Will. Because, I mean, you look at us now. When's the last time you watched a WWE vehicle? Uh, 2018. But you're aware of what's going on on WWE right. program. Right. Without having to watch it. You know, all well... I can't say you know all the names because some of these names they throw out there doing the NXT reviews. I don't know if I can believe that's a real name, but it's you can follow WWE without ever watching WWE. Yeah, they do. There's enough out and there's enough ether. I don't think they needed to prime up this much, though. You know, if you want to do like the most, like the more recent stuff, or if you want to do a super truncated version of this right like three minutes tops you you could easily bang out all the big story bits that you need in like three minutes yeah it was i mean it was 15 minutes of literally and i, I timed it you know what i didn't like was coming out of this i didn't like that they use the excuse that steve carino cut Steen's tires, and that's why he wasn't there. See, I kind of like. I thought that was kind of. He wasn't there. They they sit there taping at the one arena. He's in the back. Well, do we want to? We've seen him there already. (laughs) Yeah. Do we want to address that before we get into the the, into the match? Um. I know. I I thought that was kind of funny, but I mean, if you if you use it as, as a standalone, um. You know, at least they, they kind of, you know, at least they explained why Steen wasn't there. But, you know, like Will and I were talking about, you know, they've been doing these tapings in Baltimore. 
and they have this steel cage match in Baltimore. How? I don't know. You know, it's just like, did they? Do these fans have to? You know, did they? Did they get a TV taping with the steel cage wherefore at the end? It'd be interesting to find somebody that was there. Put it out there. See if we can see if we can rustle up somebody. Um, I know one person that was there. Um, well, I, a, fr- a friend of a friend, but said friend they got me front row tickets at at final ba- the final final battle. But yeah, like I mean, so were you just I mean, you 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 sat you you sat through an MLW taping? Yeah, yeah. I I, I sat through a chunk of Impact tapings once. I sat through fucking eight six hours of AEW and Ring of Honor tapings. Vikingo and Vikingo and Gringo Local went on at eleven thirty p.m. But yeah, it's like so, so. Right, we have all this. We we sit through all the stuff, and then they come back. Like it's for the people at home, right? But even if if you've watched a couple episodes, you're gonna be like, wow. They're in the same place. This guy was just here. Where did he go where he would have slashed this guy's tire and he wouldn't be able to make it back? And then Carino is still, I'm going to burn this place to the ground, but he's going to be like, oh, I didn't know. I, I, I must have done what it's like. He can't be a prick on the verge of killing somebody one minute and then be like, the goofy, like, oh, Slash tires. Oh, whoops! Couldn't be me. <laughs> like again, commit one way or the other. Like, are you gonna be like Karina's already positioned himself as like a take no prisoners? Like I will. Like we watched it last week. They destroyed the Briscoes. Destroyed. Obliterated the Briscoes. We're gonna get steel cage warfare, and Scum has the advantage, Tom, because Scum has had the advantage the whole time. Yeah, I mean, they have won, you know, every match that Kevin Steen wasn't in, except for the one Jay Lethal match, so. But then again, Kevin Steen wasn't really part of Ring of Honor at that point, so. Um, well, uh, you know, and, and the Carino stuff, obviously, that is for the TV audience, so, I mean, you know, kudos to, to this crowd, man. They were, they were still into it, so, I mean. If that was your main event after like five, six hours, because I mean they've been in Baltimore for well over a month at this point, right? Like this whole storyline has been in one room. Yeah. Um but uh well, so basically this is an elimination match. It's war game style, just one steel cage. You know, when Steve Carino's like, This is the sturdiest steel cage I've ever seen in my life. Um, but the difference is, is you can get pinned or submitted before everybody's in, which is cool. I like that. Um, you know, and there's no escape. incentive to try to knock people off early. Yeah, and uh, you know, you, there's no you know escaping the, the cage doesn't really affect shit in the outcome of the match, uh, which obviously we we get into here. But um, the aforementioned earlier, uh, Jimmy Jacobs was the first member of Scum. Uh, versus BJ Whitmer for Ring of Honor. And, uh, you know, we say this all the goddamn time. You know, Jimmy Jacobs is really fucking good. You look at the guy, and you would just laugh at him, and next thing you know, 
you know, you're beating the piss out of the guy for half an hour. And next thing he rolls you up and twists you up like a fucking pretzel. Um, but yeah, you know, so, oh yeah, basically. So the, uh, Whitmer and Jacobs are in there for five minutes and then a new member, uh, starting with scum, scum, when the, the proverbial, um, coin toss, which do the heels ever not win the coin toss? I don't remember them ever not winning it, but, uh, so scum will have the advantage for two minutes. Uh, so two minutes every two minutes. So, um, but yeah, basically Whitmer and Jacobs beat the piss out of each other. Uh, and obviously then Red Titus enters in, you know, and he's got history with Scott or with, uh, with Whitmer as you know, they were tag team, you know, people before. And now, you know, you know, he found a home with scum. And uh, just shout out to our future guest uh, and former guest, Diesel, is also a huge Rhett Titus fan. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. He didn't get another crack at those t- tag team titles for like 10 years, Will. Yeah. Um, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, Rick comes in, but like we talked about earlier, there's a commercial break. The entire scum advantage. So Rhett comes in, they've got the advantage, and it's a commercial break. I mean, these are TV tapings. You can't just go to commercial and come back, you know, to the match where you were. So I should probably quit pitching here. Or you do a special, hey, we, we showed up the extra ducats, commercial free. Yeah. This is about the future of Ring of Honor. Yeah, literally. So it's uh Tom, how would you say Ring of Honor is faring so far in this match? Uh they're kinda getting beat up. Kinda getting beat up. They're kinda kinda is uh the, the does the first elimination come with uh was it Cliff Compton who comes in next for scum? Yeah, so Cliff Compton comes in uh with the powder to the face. And then out come the zip ties. Oh, I'm sorry. Elgin comes in uh, to even it back up. And then Compton comes in and just fucking throws powder in uh, Elgin's face. And then they, they zip tie him to the cage. Um, and, you they, know, uh, it's it's Whitmer they hit with, like, that really shoddy-looking spike pile driver, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like he he didn't get the height to, like, spike him. So we're going to, like, push him, like, sideways and just kind of looked. But at this point, three members of Scum in the Ring and one member of Ring of Honor zip tied to the seal to the cage. Yeah, I mean, so you and, know, I'm sorry. I was going to say, all seems lost until the next member of Ring of Honor Jay comes Lethal. out. Jay Lethal with a chair losing his fucking head. Brings yeah. a chair down to the ring with him. And Carino asks, why is he allowed to do that? Should there be a disqualification? To which Kevin Kelly says, in Steel Cage Warfare, a disqualification? <laughs> yeah. And he, he gets the shots off, right? He he cuffs the one guy. Compton gets a hold of it, and he drop gets it into Compton's face. Yeah, but not only Lethal goes on a Lethal goes on a bit of a tear here. 
Yeah, Lethal goes ham. Um, not only did he bring a chair, Will, what else did he bring? Some kind of wire cutters to cut the fucking zip ties. Six weeks later. Thinking. Yeah. This guy's thinking, yo. Like, you know, the meme used to be this guy's living in 2030. That's what Jay Lethal was doing. Yeah. I told uh, you, I told Tom this when we were in pre production. Baby faces are dumb. This is just proof that Jay Lethal's a heel. <laughs> just simmering below the surface. Because he brought a chair. He brought, he's like, I've been paying attention to what's been happening the last six hours. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and it even gets better because then Rhino comes in and Rhino right off the bat goes for a spear. Jay Lethal, whoops, I'm going to step out of the way. Rhino fucking spears Titus. And then Lethal with a different, you know, uh, lethal injection, actually from a handspring, uh, Cutter. Rhino will be gone in under a minute. I almost dropped my drink. I was like, oh, you just got there. Yeah. Um, so well, he's yeah. in, he's out, and just like that. Yeah, and then he hits another. Uh, oh, and then um, oh yeah, and there's a spot in there where Elgin throws Jacobs under the cage, but then Jacobs bounces off the cage and elbows Elgin. Thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but then uh, Matt Hardy or uh, Kevin Steen makes his way to the to the ring, but it's jumped by Matt Hardy and the action spills outside. Uh, but then Jay Lethal. Another cartwheel injection on Rhett Titus's time. Um, you know, he gets the pin on Titus, and then he goes for a third one on Jacobs. But Jimmy Jacobs, being the brainiac that he is, uh, just smacks Lethal with a chair as he lands because he just told him he's going to do that. Um, and then Jacobs tries a head scissors on Elgin. I don't know if you saw this, Will, but and they're spinning around. I, I love this bet. You 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 <laughs> think he's doing the thing where he's spinning out for the head scissors, and it's like. Oh, because Jacobs is kind of on like a little bit of like a comeback roll. He's he's starting to like get a little momentum going. Because oh, he's going to hit him with a head scissor, but Elgin like steps to the side and throws him into the into the cage. It was crazy. But he goes below the bottom rope, so it's like oh, Jimmy Jacobs, you thought you had something going there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then uh, Cliff Compton tries scaling the cage. So I don't know if he was going for an elbow or if you think he could, you know. Um, win the match that way, but Elgin just takes him off the cage and super bombs him. Uh, but then Steve Carino comes in with a with a fire. Yeah, that's, fire. Uh, that's after because uh, Compton gets eliminated. So now it's yeah. Sorry, yeah, Compton's pinned. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, now so it's, it's two versus two, right? Well, it's technically two versus one, but Matt Hardy's in the ring. Yeah, because right. it's yeah, because it's just technically it's technically Elgin and Steen versus Jacobs, um, and kudos like we mentioned earlier, Jimmy Jacobs the longest person in this match, the first one in and the last one. Well, we'll get to that, but um, but yeah, Karina comes, comes in. You, you're thinking, you're thinking, is it going to be the quarters? No. Is it going to be the chain? The answer is C, fireball. When's the last time you saw a fucking fireball <laughs> in a goddamn? Ugh. I mean, the last time I saw one was when Chris Jericho said he was a wizard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I still got to find this former match. Ring of Honor champion Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's that's talking. Um. But uh, yeah, I had the former guest, uh, Mr. Jason Dukes of the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, uh, threw a firebomb in Silas's face one time. I got to find that match, but um, 
So obviously, Elgin goes down for the pin. Uh, then it's Carino and Hardy and Jacobs on Steam. And then C. Carino brings in this random fucking briefcase. Right. It, it took a second. It's like, what the hell is supposed to be in the briefcase? Like, because you can't really see in it either. Like, what are you supposed to be pulling out? And he's like taking his jacket off. He's trying. It's like, and it's a, what it's is a, he doing? And it's a big fucking briefcase. You know, so he just needed that for a couple books and matches and lighter fluid. But whatever. But then he starts dousing Kevin Steen in lighter fluid. Um, Will and I also mentioned this in in pre-production. I was glad this didn't happen in Rhode Island, um, which is coming up. But, um, you know, tweet me if you get that joke. Um, Yeah, but then then the Carino, like, blows out the first match or something like that. He did. He lit it. They blew it out. I don't know if it was just to show like these are like real matches. And I was like, either that or someone mistimed. But it's it, also but. a time. I was gonna say it's also a timing thing, right? Because that's not gonna stay lit forever. So, um, but you know, but uh, and then he tries lighting the second. Like you said, one. The, the the briefcase thing was kind of dope. Like, right? He could have just pulled out a bottle of like the lighter fluid and pulled the lighter pocket. out of his pocket, <laughs> like every other normal human being. Or, like, it, it didn't, I mean, that was, yeah. But uh, as he's getting ready to set uh, Kevin Steen on fire on TV, uh, Nigel McGuinness comes out. Now, obviously, this is Steel Cage Warfare, so it's, there's, you know, anything goes. And uh, Nigel comes out. But uh, before this, Jimmy Jimmy Jacobs. Oh, that's right. Was it, I was um, I didn't want to assume, I didn't know how I mixed it up. Karina goes to drop the match, and Jimmy Jacobs grabs a hold of Carino to stop him, and Carino throws a hard elbow, taking out Jimmy J. Oh, shit. I didn't actually see that. No shit. Oh, I missed that. That's why he was out for the rest of this bit. So Nigel comes down. Him and Carino are mug to mug. They're ripping off jackets, whatever. Carino shoves Nigel, and Nigel comes back with a lariat, dropping Carino. Capitates him, and um, then while while Nigel is celebrating, Matt Hardy goes twist to fate. But the fate for Matt Hardy takes a twist itself because he eats a package <laughs> pile driver from Kevin Steen. A very slow. There, there was definitely a moment where you could see that they were making sure he had a hold of like the legs and stuff, right? Because Matt Hardy didn't want to get die dropped on his head. <laughs> I can't. He didn't want to get that Yoshitatsu treatment. Oh, I can't believe you just said his fate took a twist for its own. Will. Oh, that was genius, by the way. Sorry. Um, you know that's what I'm here for. That's why I'm paying yeah. the big bucks. Yeah. Uh, but like, so Matt Hardy eats a package pile driver, and then Nigel picks up Jacobs, throws Jacobs to Steen, another package pile driver, and with that. Tame Ring of Honor finally win a wins match. the match. They uh, finally got the W against Scum. Yeah. So thoughts over. I mean, we touched on it being short, and there, like I said, there were some turns towards the end. Like you know, we got to see Nigel throw a lariat, and then we saw that moment of Jacobs being like, "Karina, like, what are you doing? You can't set Kevin Cena on fire. Like, dog, what are you doing?" Yeah, and and to see Karina's credit, like he is playing the maniac. This entire time, like his face is just like I, he's unhinged. I, I 
I was kind of on the edge of my seat. Like the first thing that got me kind of like, like kind of paying more attention was when Rhino got bounced like immediately. It's like, Oh, whoa, hold on. Jay lethal's going to roll through and just start like bumping everybody out. Yeah. But I, I was kind of waiting to see if there was some chicanery with seen. Like, are they going to allude to, is he actually out of scum, right? Like, is there going to be that moment where it's like, yep. is this son of a bitch actually in it to win it? Like, like some kind of hesitation on some side to be like, he's so fucking in this, in this scum shit. But no, we, uh, the only scum shit we see kind of post-match is a certain young man up at the ramp, Adam Cole. Kind of clapping, and we don't know why. Kind of clapping, eyeing the carnage. They also had a weird bit um, in the opening when they're re- they're recapping the Briscoe beatdown. When they f- fade out, it leaves a spotlight over the world title belt. Mm. So we have Steen and Nigel in the ring celebrating, and. Adam, you know, he's not. Adam Cole is not looking. He's not looking the most uh, friendly. Let's say, like, he's not looking like he's there to celebrate with the team. Yeah, he's looking like he's got something. The gears are turning, baby. Yeah. So. Uh... We shall see. Um, but like I like I put in my uh, tweet to the Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast. Shout out to Graham and Matt and uh, Nish Guy Ryan. Um, is Scum finally dead? Will you think this? You think this is finally it? Um, I know from what little I know. I'll bring a winner around this time that it's not done yet. Uh, <laughs> I know this is a vi- audio podcast, but I'm visibly. Oh no. Okay. Um, well, we won't we won't take too much into it, but um, you we'll know, get and, there. and and Steen and Nigel had a nice moment. They hugged. They you know they raised hands and they they put it all away. So uh, yeah, we shall see what's going forward. You know, so it was a uh, it was an interestingly booked match. It was a little chaotic. It's tough when you've got you know you know well I mean ultimately eleven people. Um, I like like you said. I really liked how Rhino was just gone. Like quick that that was a, that was a surprise. I, I, you, was I feel with, like you kind of needed that. You needed that moment where it's like you know what they're not going to expect Rhino to get bounced that fast because then you're like, well, it's just going to pile up, right? Like they already eliminated Whitmer. They're already down a guy. The numbers game is just going to grow, and then to have him bounce Rhino out that quick. Rhino is not paid by the hour. Obviously, Rhino showed up, took his bump, left. Got paid. That's another thing. Nobody forced these guys to leave. Yeah, when they were eliminated, they just left. But they 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 could have really healed it up and hung around and just right. added to the pandemonium of like who hasn't been pinned yet, who's actually like in this match still. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this has been a good spot for Jimmy Rave to come back, but alas, no Jimmy Rave, so. No Jimmy Rave, no, uh, you know, again, could have got some Adam Cole involvement, could have got, 
because him just coming out at the end, like, right? It's weird because there's no Jay Briscoe, there's no title thing, but like that's the story he's in, right? Is the the world title picture, right? And maybe it's gonna be because Steen wants back at the world title, and Nigel's like, you got to prove that you're playing for the winning. You got you're playing on the right team, so maybe we get a Kevin Steen Adam Cole rematch. Yeah, and then uh, and then they pan out, and Cole's gone, so. I guess we'll uh, we'll see what happens there, but I just you, you know, know, and like I said, I, not after you explained it, like it, this is for new time viewers, you know, kind of getting that recap. I'm a little less mad about it, but then why did we get that random tag team match um, when they could have done that match, you know, any other week previous, you know, or later? Episode? That's the that's the million dollar question, Tom. You know, so they they could have given they could have given Steel Cage Warfare a little bit more time, but you know it wasn't bad. You know, and I know this is something they do from time to time. I don't know if those are usually on pay per views. I mean, this is on this is on TV, so <laughs> right they they could have opened up, shown us a little recap, and then been like, "Hey, we're going to present you this next hour of TV, commercial free, Steel Cage Warfare." This is a a big deal. We're going to give you guys the whole thing. No interruption. Yes. Serious business. Yeah, so I'll have, to, I'll have to double check with Brendan, but I know it's something that they do. Um, but, I, you know, if they usually do it on pay-per-view. But, um, but well, like I said, we always ask, you know, they said if, you know, you had stumbled onto the, the WB and you almost saw Ring of Honor here and this is your first TV episode, uh, how compelled would you to keep watching Ring of Honor? It certainly would have been the first time I'd seen somebody try to set another wrestler like legitimately on fire. <laughs> and, you know. So that would have been something. Um, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to judge um, just because it's like we're now. Like, we, how, you really can't put yourself 100% in that mindset that you would have had. I'm a little un, like, well, in 2023, is a bit underwhelmed, honestly, with the Steel Cage Warfare. So, what did I tune in again? Probably. Yeah, I think with. You know, yeah, for me too. Like, I I pop the I pop the tape in the VCR, have it set to the right channel, hit record, you know, watch it later. Make sure your mom didn't delete it. Make sure the TV's not on mute, so when you go to watch it. Uh, the next day, actually, audio. Oh, the good old days. Um, yeah, but, I mean, it's tough, like I said, us being a little jaded after watching every week. Um, but, you know, and like we mentioned earlier, this did feel at least like a blow-off, so that was good. Yes. So, um, if it's not an actual blow-off, I will, well, we'll deal with it at that time, so... Um, but will it's uh it's getting a little late here, especially on your end. But uh, is there anything else you want to talk about here before we pull this train into the proverbial station? I do want to leave a little cliffhanger uh, for next week's TV episode. Uh, we do have a guest lined up. I'm very excited about. Uh, but we do have another debuting tag team. Um, that I think people will be kind of intrigued to hear about. So I did watch the first couple minutes of the the next episode. So, uh, Will, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what your reaction is to this, uh, quote-unquote, new tag team for your honor. The one thing I want to bring up as far as, like, because we haven't, uh, you know, last week we talked about uh, the Night of Hoopla. 
No, I know that wasn't a high point for you, but uh, hmm. as far as local news kind of goes, uh, Brian Johnson just won back the, the Chaotic World title not too long ago. Uh, not too long after we recorded uh, that episode where he was in the front row with a wig, makeup, and a dress on, attacked Brad Cashew, and then cashed in on his, like, championship anytime thing and won the Chaotic World Championship again. Nice. His next defense is going to be in a four-way match, so it'll be the Mecca, Brian Johnson, Ricky Smokes, uh, Brad Cashew, and um, Aaron Rourke in a four-way. How is Tony Khan not put the Mecca back on TV? Because Tony Khan's a fucking coward. Yeah. That's... He just... They gave... He should have... I get... he. You know, the heart... Like Matt said, his heart is in the right place. In buying Ring of Honor, the heart was in the right place. But he should have put together a team when he did that. I mean, like, you guys are going to be in charge of Ring of Honor. Yeah, like, you know, they were talking last night in the Wizards. Were they really advertising fucking matches for Dynamite on a goddamn Ring of Honor pay-per-view? Apparently, I didn't pay 40 bucks to watch it on Honor Club, so. Fuck no, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, well, I would watch it without paying $40, but I don't I don't, know, I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. I don't well, know. You, you can in, was it 90 days they, they put it up? <laughs> yeah, well. Um, but I do want to say kudos. I mean, I was glad to see that Athena and Willow was the main event. That's fucking cool, and they they that was killed cool. it. So I mean, I will say, I will say that um, Willow's a fucking superstar, but they're booking Athena great. I will give them that. Oh, I, I don't watch, but I mean she's like the best book back booked female since the beginning of Tom, Jamie Hader's title run. But that's the either right, is kind of kind of a little little better than Jade Cargill because she's not fighting as many scrubs. Yeah. Um, but this is a Ring of Honor Reverie podcast where we celebrate Ring of Honor 2000 or 10 years ago, not piss and moan about Ring of Honor current day. We'll do that in post-production. But. Well, right, I was going to say we'll get there in 10 years, right? <laughs> yeah, this, this, this show's going to take a very dark turn here in a couple of years, or about seven, eight years. So, um, But yeah, Will, uh, as always, thank you so much. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate you. We do have some bonus content coming up. Uh, we do have a fun watch along uh, that Brundon uh, picked a while ago, and it's a match he's talked about on it. So I uh, got yeah, tune on for that, uh, Diesel, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to join us. Uh, but yeah, check, make sure you follow all of uh, the great shows here on the Visionaries Global Media. And uh, shout out to Chad again. Like I said, congratulations on the baby boy. Uh, I know VFTR. 2.0 is on hiatus, but uh, good cop, bad cop's back. Uh, obviously, you want to check out the Brain Buster Boys. You want to check out Chris Talks Games. Uh, I listened to a Game Junkies episode with Matt the other day. Um, you know, Banned from Ringside. Obviously, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. And uh, obviously, all the great shows on the Shining Wizards, uh, you know, on the network, on the commercial block that I dropped in this episode earlier. But, uh, yeah, any other shout-outs you got there, Will? Last thing I'll leave it with is, uh, you know, Tom and I, Especially me, I put over do a power bomb for probably almost as long as the show's been running. Yeah, 
uh, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson, after being, I think the number was 42, he had been nominated 42 times for an Eisner Award. And he finally won one this year with Do a Powerbomb for Best Teen Series. 42 times? 42 times. Jesus. Um, and uh, and uh, we talked in pre-production again. I can't put over. Will was a thousand. I'm, I mean, you, you know, the graphic novels, comic books are necessarily my thing, but Dewar Powerbomb was fucking great. Um, you know, my wife read it before I did, and she loved it, and she's not as much of a wrestling nerd as I am. Uh, but definitely, definitely, definitely highly recommend it, even if you're not into comic books, and even if you're not into wrestling, man. It was great. And just, I mean, just the artwork is fucking spectacular. I'm mean, like, Jesus fucking Christ. I, how did this guy not take him 20 years to do this? Uh, great story. Uh, great graphics. And his it. thing is, um, a big thing he does in a lot of his other pieces is kind of like the the zoomed out, but zoomed in kind of stuff. So like the, the panels where like they're in like the bedroom and there's like all the stuff like around the bedroom. Yeah. He does all sorts of stuff like that. Like his, his more sci-fi stuff. He does a lot of like zoom out of like the spaceship but then he's got like close-ups and like all these different like places on the ship he likes the things to all be there and there's a lot of stuff there if people have you know there's some stuff that's pertinent to like work that he's done or there's just stuff that he likes like if you look into places like the bedroom scenes and stuff like that like there's pop culture references to be found like on the nightstands and like on the bookshelves and Stuff, but you know, plenty of plenty of moments that hit you right in the chest. Like Tom and I talked about uh, the end of. We won't spoil anything, but like the end of issue two. Yeah, can't believe it. And end of issue, I think it was issue five. Couldn't believe it. I I could see the last panel coming from a mile away, but it's still. I still cried. It's. I still. I'm like. I know it's coming. I'm like. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And it's still still had the waterworks. Yeah. Um, his consists, I would say, if anything, other than like the artwork being amazing, his last, if you want to call it like last chapters, last moments, even, even to the degree you could say just the last panel across other things he's put out, like they are all kind of like just hit you in the chest things that are just like, damn the story's over but i want more like i want what happens next and he is working on a new project it's not the follow-up to do a powerbomb but he has talked about doing a prequel series focusing on cobra sun Hmm. uh and his rise to becoming a pro wrestler in the more lucha libre style because that character is supposedly from canada but he is a a very uh, Pac influenced, yeah, Lucha Libre, yeah, thousand percent. So, Will, thank you again for uh, for hipping me to that. And you know, even though it took two months for my bookstore to get it in, uh, it was well well worth it. Um, I am gonna have to like go through it again. Like I said, I just read it, you know, you know, just to, to get the story to get through the story. Um, but yeah, it got me. In, I, did, I unlike you, I did not see the end coming the way it did. I was like, oh god. Damn! Fuck you! Oh, why? In, in, a, in all the best ways. So I was like, um, "Yeah." And I said, "Faith loved it." You know, she read it the day I got it. She's like, "Oh, what's this?" 
and uh, she marked out for it. So, yeah, I, I can't put it over. Yeah, Will is a thousand percent right. Uh, make sure you do check it out. It is a it is a masterpiece. It really is. Um, and kudos. I'll to probably um, maybe tomorrow afternoon. I'll because uh, I've got them all separated out. Uh, maybe I'll do a little uh, a little Twitter thread with uh, with all the individual album covers. Nice. Maybe I'll take maybe I'll take the time to like put them into like my my hierarchy. Like how how where where is my ranking of all twenty seven of these covers? Um. Yeah, and uh, Mr. Johnson, like I said, you have an open invitation. Uh, you are more than welcome to join uh, Will and I, or if it's just Will or whatever, on any of our podcast platforms. You are more than welcome. I would love to have you on. I'd love to hear more. So, so yeah, I'm just throwing that out into the universe. So, manifesting it, right? Fuck yeah, we're gonna manifest Alaska, it. Daniel Alaska. Warren Johnson, and Jimmy Jacobs all coming on Ravon Rivalry. Let's make it happen. Jacobs might be a little harder now. He's with AEW, but I know I know people. So cool. Well, Will, this is a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for all you do uh, with the podcast and everything. So, unless yeah, that was I can't thank you enough yet for putting that 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 graphic novel into my hands. So I appreciate it. So well, oh, now yeah. that I know you looked at maybe uh, maybe you'll have some more show up in uh, your mailbox. Uh, yeah, um, and that Michael Chin book, by the way, A Long Way Home, too, was really fucking good, by the way. I really enjoyed that one, too. Um, you know, I really enjoyed the, the short stories pertaining to a longer story, so once again, get me in the goddamn feels. Like, God damn it. Speaking of, you know, fires and whatnot, so. So, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to pull a train station, but uh, Will, I'll talk to you. Actually, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Shit, what am I talking about? So, all right, high fivers. We'll talk to everybody. Ooh, that that collection of. I'll, I'll do my best to stay awake, but. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna. We'll be talk awesome. to everybody real soon. All right, see you later, high fivers. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.